Hello again, and welcome to Lee2B, the sassiest podcast for B2B. I'm your host, Lee Moskowitz, your friendly neighborhood marketer. Today, we have Gianno Fiore, the growth and marketing lead at Nooks, responsible for social media, growth, and events. He is an ex-SDR with over five years of cold calling experience and is an advocate for sales development careers at early stage startups. Get ready to dive into Gianno's remarkable journey and find out how he's turned cold calls into hot leads in Lee to Be. Hey, Gianno. Hey, that was an amazing intro. Thank you. I want to just kick right into things because you have a remarkable journey. You went from BDR and SDR, which is business development rep and, and sales development rep for those not up to date on SAS acronyms. You also started as recruiter too before that, but tell me about that journey, specifically transitioning from sales to marketing. Yeah, so I mean, first things first, recruiter for an agency. Um, I was working at a really large staffing agency. Was really an SDR, so I was making fifty to hundred cold calls a day, and my job was to set meetings with potential candidates to come in in person, and it was for the construction industry. So we were trying to get people to come sit down and discuss getting job placements. So that was really like my first SDR job before I knew what SDR was. And that's really how I started following all the people we follow now, like Sarah Brazier and, um, you know, Ronan Passar before I was even in software, which kind of led me to here. And then from following them and I started emulating them once I got into software and that gave me a ton of marketing opportunities, which led to, my marketing job, which I love, and I love Nooks, so it's been amazing. Like one thing led to another. All right, BDR and SDR—that's used interchangeably. Are they exactly the same thing? Why is it sometimes business development representative versus sales development representative? So for me and my, you know, we keep using the word journey. For me and my journey, um, it was the same thing. It was totally just interchangeable. But typically what companies do is they use one or the other to differentiate who's going outbound and who's going inbound. So like at my last company at Sendoso, they called BDRs, the people who were fielding inbound reps, people who were going to the website and filling out forms would talk to them. Then SDR would be the ones going outbound to bring in new business. So that's a typical differentiation within an org, but every company does it. They might call SDR one thing or it's interchangeable depending on which one. Which, which do you think is more accurate? Or does it just depend? Let me think. I guess... I don't know. I personally think SDR is like the typical standard thing that everyone's using. Um, I, even in my content, I just universally call it SDR just because I guess the acronym rolls off the tongue. But I think BDR, business development, sounds better. <laughs> you're bringing in... You, you know, you're doing the business. So for marketing purposes... Would you rather optimize for BDR as the search term or SDR? I think SDR just because it's more universally yeah, me used too. and more known. Um, but I do like, like I like Especially calling myself. Especially in SAS. Right. I like calling myself a business development representative more though. Just business sounds cooler. <laughs> well, yeah, but plus it's like people don't want to talk to sales. So when you have business there, it's like, hey, it's not, it's not sales. <laughs> yeah, I'm not um, a sales well, I mean, guy. I'm a business guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I had Michelle Craig on a recent episode, which listeners, if you haven't listened, definitely listen to that. Michelle is amazing. But she's like the opposite of you. She is an ex-marketer who's now in sales. 
So I want to ask some of the reverse questions. So first, I'm like, was there something about sales that made you run from the hills and and you're like, yeah, I can't wait to leave and get into marketing, or was that more of a gradual transition? Um, it was definitely gradual. First of all, I have a my degree from college is in marketing, so it's business administration and marketing. Um, so I took a ton of marketing and advertising courses and ultimately picked sales because I just thought it made more money. <laughs> um, but I was using all the marketing skills and everything I learned in college that I thought at the time I would never use to build my LinkedIn brand, which I was seeing results for to bring in leads, right? So I would hit quota a lot of months and what filled the gap was my LinkedIn content, people seeing my posts and reaching out to me. So I got put on a few, I got the opportunity to get put on a few marketing projects at Sendoso. Um, super grateful they gave me that opportunity and it went from there. But I'd say a lot of the skills are pretty, like I'm grateful I got to be an SDR because I use a lot of those skills. Like I still have to reach out to people to make content. Like I had to reach out with you, to you. Um, so a lot of those skills come in handy for sure. Yeah, that that's what I was going to ask too. What What advantages or just maybe uniqueness do you think you have as a now marketer who who's been in sales versus somebody who's always been a marketer and has never touched sales well everyone who's been in marketing has touched sales first of all but has never been in a sales role i should say yeah i mean i guess i could tell like a story and i hope i'm not throwing shade at anyone but this is true i worked with we love shade here please do it (laughs) well i worked with some event marketers um, who really struggled to get event attendance. They put together these amazing events. They put together all the promotional materials, put together the automated email campaign, and then people would barely sign up. Um, and that's where being an, they've never been an SCR. They've never done outbound. They never reached out one-to-one. They don't even maybe even have more than a thousand connections on LinkedIn to reach out to. So that's where being an SCR comes in because my events have been great. We've pretty much filled attendance on all of them, but that's because I was spending a ton of time doing the SDR one-to-one outreach, making people feel like they were targeted because they were and reaching out and being like, hey, would love for you to come. Here's why. Here's how it can benefit you. Um, so those kind of the copywriting, the email skills that come with SDRing definitely have helped drive our marketing content. Yeah, marketers approach writing copy much differently from from sales, I found. Totally. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely... A differentiator you've been you mentioned events i saw well it'll be like a week or so when this finally goes out but the other day i saw there was a big dinner with sdrleader.com over 50 plus sales leaders and i saw that that your company was a, a sponsor of that so what goes in well tell us about that event but what goes into into making something like that uh successful yeah, I won't take too much credit for that. A lot of that was Sam. Um, that's a partnership we have with him, Sam Nelson. I'm sure everyone listening knows who he is. But um, we just met with him. We also met with him in person at Saster. Um, that's something that he offers as part of a partnership with him. And then he put together that dinner. It was a great dinner in Seattle, 50-plus um, sales leaders, like you said. And I wasn't there, unfortunately, but I heard it's like one of the nicest restaurants in Seattle. And he leverages his network. This is another, there's a kind of a good example of someone who went from sales to marketing. Um, But he leverages his network to basically get all these people to come to the event. And then we get to be a sponsor and and meet those people. And from what I heard, it went incredible. It went great. So 
SAM is definitely a great avenue for people who want to get connected to SCR leaders. If you don't know Sam, and I've never actually talked to him, but he is the guy on LinkedIn who's not me that has dyed hair. <laughs> and that might ring a bell. I got to talk to Sam one day. Um, you should. He's a, but... he's a great guy. And he's, you know, he was like one of the early SCR advocates, I feel like. Like, I was reading his content in like 2016. So... All right, so Nooks was a sponsor, so you're going to give them the credit there to Sam. But you, you do happy hours pretty regularly. Um, talk about that. Like, What goes into just making something like that successful? Not just like, hey, this is like a fun event, but it's it's worthwhile for, for the business. Yeah, so we have a happy hour coming up in Austin. We did a dinner for Sasser with 30-plus people. We had a bunch of all the people you see on LinkedIn. A good amount of people you see on LinkedIn were there, a bunch of SCR leaders. So yeah, I've had like five or six um, versions of that dinner myself. And what goes into it, I think, is just one-to-one outreach, really. Um, you plan the event, you get a few... This is really important, actually. This is a lesson I learned. If you can get a few key people to attach their name to your dinner, so they feel like they see someone... Like, when there's no one attached, it's just like, who's going to be there? I don't really know. Um... But when people feel like there's someone there they're going to know, they're way more likely to come. And then um, that's how I promote it. And then one-to-one outreach from there. Yeah, and if you don't have anyone yet, hope. and if you did this event last year, what you can just do is say, previous attendees included X, blah, blah. Like, I used to do that all the time when doing just different, uh, on the agency side for all my clients, we would do like previous guests would include this and really personalize that invites. Totally. How I think you... people are scared. Sorry, one more, one more point. I think people are scared to do that because they don't want to ask someone to do that and attach their name to their event. And they're a little worried. Maybe what if the event goes bad and I ask this person to do that? But that's yeah, what keeps your I, event from I'm going bad. I'm a believer. <laughs> I'm a believer in asking for forgiveness, not permission. Obviously, if it's like a client, you, you can't do that. Um, but it's not like saying like their name. You can just say someone from Google or like sales leader at Google. Um, so I, I'm a believer in, in doing that. Absolutely. So sponsorships don't often lead to clear direct revenue. Um, oftentimes, they don't lead to revenue at all. Um, how do you? How do you? prove the success of, of these sponsorships to to your stakeholders to your c-suite to prove that hey these events are are working for us they're they're bringing revenue they're bringing meetings yeah that's a good question because there's always been this joke and i was a, i participated in it that marketing's really not doing anything <laughs> it's like oh what, what do they everyone do? thinks yeah what do they that's do the life of a, a marketer right and i used to be the king of that i used to say that the most I'd be like i post on linkedin all day too how hard could it be but when you it really is a lot of work on tracking improving revenue that's like the biggest part of the job so you're spending so much time making sure those things are converting and seeing who went to that dinner who's turned into a meeting and then reporting it so um it's a lot of manual work to be honest um there's ways to automate some of it but it's a lot of manual work and that's like most of the job a big portion of the job yeah, it's not like the auto attribution with a click or, or something like that. Uh, it really is manual. Typically, what I've always done is in the CRM, you have to build out these event fields. Um, 
and then it typically goes like even further like did they attend so like uh, like lots of times in salesforce people might do it on the campaign level um but but yeah did they attend and then i often use that to weight the the lead score so they attended this event let's plus x lead score uh yeah and here's something that's really important i want to mention to the world is it's almost it's very important that you promote yourself you know, like when someone does convert, because when a lead converts, especially a big one, everyone tries to take credit. Like, no, I talked to him. I was the one at the dinner that met with him. But you really got to be like, guys, our dinner converted this lead and let the world know that it came from your event. Um, and I don't want to say brag, but just it's your job to promote yourself, you know? Yeah, that that marketing, a big part of that is 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 making other people in the company known about wins. Many times when right. I talk to companies, they say one of the, like I ask barriers, they say is like, we're doing all this stuff, but like the team's not connected to marketing. Um, oftentimes it's as simple as making a Slack channel for your LinkedIn company posts or your campaigns or announcing, hey, we got this PR going today. Um, the other part too is, is centralizing the reports. Mm-hmm. So that marketing sales are using similar reports, similar definitions. So credit doesn't become that. But yeah, you have to sing from the rooftop. It's not time to be be shy when credit's yeah. involved. Communication, communication, communication. Not not being shy is something I saw you were doing at Saster. I wasn't there, unemployed, <laughs> of course. But um, I saw you were dressed up as a phone. <laughs> going around maybe before i actually asked that i jumped right into the phone because i wanted to ask that um maybe just give a, a quick overview about uh nooks man you are so good at this this is i feel like i'm on like hot ones Thank or something you. or like nardwar <laughs> <laughs> did all the research um yeah so nooks is a parallel dialing software and a virtual co-working space so what it does is it allows teams to work together um and then use the dialer to call multiple people at once, so five plus people at once. And what it's doing, since conversion rates are pretty low, is it allows you to five extra conversations or hit your call KPIs in a frac or in a fifth of the time. So it's a great tool for that. We emphasize cold calling. Wait, can I just pause you really? What ha- All right. So you said it five five x at, at a time. What happens if all five people answer the phone? Well, it'll connect you to the very first person that answers. Oh, okay. Um, and then the other people, unfortunately, get hung up on, and then you get an alert to call them back as soon as you get done with your call. But that rarely okay. happens. I wish. I, was, I mean, I was going to say. I was, <laughs> I was just curious. But yeah, yeah all right, sorry. I cut you off. I was just just curious. So um, it, first person who calls. Um, I was going to just segue time. into your question and say yeah. that's why we're cold calling champions and mm-hmm. cold calling mm-hmm. advocates. Yeah, all right. So you were dressed up as a phone at Saster. Um, one before I even ask. So these events, a big, big part of it is it's how do you stand out? Um, everyone has boring swag a lot of the time. You want people to not just remember your swag or the gifts or whatever you were doing, but how it relates to your your business. So literally dressed up like you were selling like old old phones um that's that's what the picture is everybody he was in one of those costumes just tell me about that idea how that came to be how it worked out yeah we were dressed like old nokias so you were indestructible yeah we were indestructible yeah look i just try to think about like what's something everyone else isn't doing 
right? And obviously, for an event like that, the way to do it is to get a booth. Um, but I was hired just a few months before that, and we just really didn't have time to to work on a sponsorship like that. So I just wanted to show up and let people know we were there and get the marketing. And that's what we came up with. Dress up as phones, hand out Grove cookies. If you've, you know, Grove cookies are amazing, delicious. Um, yeah, we got yeah, go ton. Grayson, go Grove cookies. I had him on. He was episode two. Listen to that one too, listeners, if you haven't. He has a great story uh, and they're delicious. Sorry, cut you off again. No, I'd highly write, like, he's amazing. They helped us promote too. They were posting about us being there with them. Um, and they're just so good. Like, I'm sure you've had a bunch, right? I, I've sent many. I have not received any. Okay, you have to get some. They're the best cookies I've ever had. But And they didn't pay me to say that. Anyways, um, yeah, so we just went and tried to bring all the hype to Saster, and we saw inbound leads skyrocket. Like, we broke our, our monthly, month-to-month record that month. Now, like, lead source. Is there, like, a lead source in the CRM that says... They saw, they saw you dressed up in a phone costume. Where's like phone costume a lead source now? <laughs> that was a little <laughs> harder to attribute. I gotta say, um, I think the clear spike in activity at that time we were doing that was enough to really show that it worked. But um, no, it was mostly like the attribution is mostly just like event or LinkedIn post. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Next it's anyone's time... guess. <laughs> Next time, like, offer some kind of thing. Like, if you take a selfie with the phone guy, like, you you get some gift or, I don't know, we'd think of something, but... That's smart. Get then, them to post it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, incentivize them posting it. Like, find the phone guy, take a selfie with him, and be entered to win, or just, I don't I don't know. It's a good idea. We did find the phone guy, and you get a cookie. Um, nice. But that's a good point. That really didn't... We could have done a better. That's a good. Now I'm thinking. Now you're giving me advice. <laughs> well, I mean, I just kind of, I kind of riff. I have some, I have some fun ideas too. Later we'll get into. But another, another fun idea I saw is the cold call tournament. Cold calling tournament, which is exactly what it sounds like, I imagine. But how do you exactly do a, a cold calling tournament? What is this? Yeah, so we've done a bunch of them. That's actually why I'm at Nooks. I did their first cold calling, one of their first cold calling tournaments while I didn't even work here yet, over a year ago. Participated in that. and um, How did you how... get, did they just reach out to you because they saw your your AE-ness excellence? <laughs> no, I mean, that might be why I got picked, but they did a huge promotion with Rev Genius to come participate and you get to sign up and then I got picked. Maybe that's why, because I had a presence at the time, but... I got picked. I competed against Amelia, lost. If you don't know Amelia Taylor, she won like six in a row. It was a huge thing last year. Um, and now I'm running them. So. But what it is is you have one hour. You cold call um, using the Nooks dialer. This time we're doing teams for the first time. So there's four influencers, and you get to be on one of their teams. Um, and then it's a three-week tourney, 2v2, 2v2, and then the winners of both on November 1st. It's going to be exciting. Wow, this is like the eSports for B2B. <laughs> it really is, yeah. We're taking bets. So, but how do you... Sorry, were you saying it's on quantity, you said? No, meetings booked. There we go, there we go. All right, that makes sense. It's really just about making it a fun experience to watch. So it's just high-volume dials. Who can set the most meetings live on the call? You get to hear them kind of like overcome objections and 
how they navigate it. We had people be like, am I on that cold calling competition right now? I saw you're competing in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, though. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, look, I think a lot of salespeople get it. We kind of selectively pick people that are like in our space to compete, right? Like early stage startups. So they're calling other similar early stage startups. So we haven't had an issue yet. I think maybe if we like, worked with someone who's in it working at an insurance agency and calling like normal people it might be mm-hmm. an issue but um, what's well, the beauty of b2b right i know you've talked about this and written quite about quite a lot about it um yes there's different industries but there's the different personas for example i am a marketer um don't ever call me <laughs> um i know a lot of other marketers feel the same way and I think there's actual data out there, right? That, that marketers are like one of the least people to be receptive of a phone call. Yeah. So I actually published a blog, which you can find on the Nooks blog, um, where we segmented all of our calls by um, persona. So it's from Nooks data from our customers calling people. And then we segmented it by the title in the CRM that was attached to Nooks. And yeah, marketing has the lowest rate by far. Um, they just don't answer the phone, and then sales on the opposite side have the highest rate by far. So that's the uh, the polarity between those two personas. Well, sales is probably like, oh, I'm going to answer this because this might be a, a prospect for me. Um, marketing is like somebody is 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 trying to sell to me, and honestly, most of the time it's like like a really just shitty message I've seen a hundred times. It's like obviously I want to increase my leads. Obviously, I want more website traffic. Um, like, I don't, I don't need that. That's not a message for me. It's like, why, why are you good at that? But the other thing too is that there's such a saturation of, of tools, agencies with marketing that people just tune it out. That I find different from other roles. I agree with that a hundred percent. Like, I think some of the personas that were in the middle, like security, HR. I could see how if they took a call and they heard a name they never heard of before, it might be interesting to maybe hear them out and see what they do. But for us in marketing, I totally agree. We're just constantly getting bombarded with like, would you like more leads? Would you like more leads? And it's like, how are you going to help me get more leads? Like, come on. Right. <laughs> like, let's be real. <laughs> like, first so. of all, it's funny you think I have the budget for that. Second of all, um, this is nothing to do with what I'm doing. Third, I can do this better than you. So if you're going to pitch me as a marketer, like, like we're a bit more jaded and we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really has to be something that makes sense of what we're dealing with. Like at the moment, you know, it, messaging to marketing can't be so vague of just we're going to help you get leads. So I don't know. Depends. Um, if you sell to marketing, I'd really focus on like personal branding and trying to get in touch with individuals and learn about them. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. So like I, I imagine many, many organizations do have to cold call marketing. One, I know this because I, I would still get cold calls. How do you successfully do a, a cold call to a marketer? Yeah. Well, look, we sold to marketers at Sendoso. That was my last job. Um, it was a marketing tool for B2B gifting. And what you have to do is connect on LinkedIn. You have to build your presence. That's why a lot of us coming from Sendoso have a LinkedIn presence because we learned that and how important it is from selling to the ICP. And um, then when you reach out, you have to make it personal and good and talk about something that makes sense to them and not be vague. 
So there's got to be a lot of familiarity built up before you get them on the phone. And then once you get them on the phone, you got to know what you're, you got to open with something that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, spot on. The other people I find to be just really skeptical are security people, especially cybersecurity people, um, CTOs as well. What about them? Any any tips for people who have that as as their ICP? Yeah, we did a um, security webinar. That was one of our first big webinars with Abnormal Security and Zilla Security. And they were talking with their sales team and they were giving advice, their VPs of sales on how they train. And it's really about presenting value as fast as possible. These people really aren't on LinkedIn. And if they are, they don't really care. Um, it's about getting them on the phone and presenting value as po- as fast as possible. And a few ways to do that is like call below to like more entry level individual contributors and try to figure out what they're dealing with. Or really do their research because if they've had a security breach or some kind of issue, make sure you know about it and you mention it. He told a story of someone who didn't know, like this company was going through like a major security breach that was in the news. And he called him and didn't even mention it. And he's like, are you serious? Do you know what's going on with us right now? So, yeah, technical stuff. Well, it's time for our segment, Spill the Tea with Lee. This is a segment where we spill the tea on all things B2B. That's right. This is the sassiest podcast for B2B, and it's going to get juicy. Alrighty, so where to start? I have some fun questions. I'd like to pitch a a TV show idea or a marketing campaign where we do cold calling literally, and it's like, you know those ice bars? Put a bunch of salespeople in an ice bar to do literal cold calling, um, or... A lot of a lot of salespeople um, tr- like are athletes. So what if you did like a cold plunge, cold calling marathon type of thing? That would be hilarious. And luckily with parallel dialing, it'd be possible because you get people on the phone so much quicker. So the cold plunge, I think that would be the best. Like you can and only parallel- get out if you make a if you get a set a meeting while you're in the cold plunge. Yeah. Or you lose. Yeah. So. Parallel dialing, just to confirm, that's the the multi-dialing 5X, right? That's the term? So they can get people on the phone faster. So we'll make them sit in a cold plunge until they get someone on the phone. They leave before they lose. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll have to sign waivers, obviously, but um, yeah, I think that'll be fun. It adds some urgency and some stakes. It'll be like Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast for B2B. Mm -hmm. Mr. B2Beast. Mr. B2Beast, Yes. (laughs) I think this is the next step of the tournament where you do is a, like, it's cold, con- like, there, there we go. It's the next step here. I think Mr. B to Beast might be um, a spinoff channel we can pursue together maybe in the future. Yeah, Mr. B to Beast. Yes, we, we're going to, I'm going to look that up. We should trademark that. <laughs> you know who Mr. So, Beast is, right? Does like those, you know who he is, but he does like those. Insane- well, I know who he is, but explain to my listeners who um, who don't know him. Yeah, so it just does, like, these insane competitions. Like, you have to keep your hand on a private jet for, like, two days or something. You can't pull it off, and if you do it, you, you win the jet. <laughs> so, wait, just ridiculous stuff. That yeah, I mean, that's one way, but he's, like, the most watched person on YouTube, right? Like, he he is the definition of a personal brand, but he is a brand. Like, I go to 7-Eleven across the street. There's chocolate bars with his name on it. Like, there's, there's everything. He, he's crazy. That is a good point. He's a masterclass in personal branding. 
Um, but I will say I love doing these tournaments. They're fun. This one's exciting because we have a lot of good names involved. But it can get a little boring. I think it's about time we put some danger in there, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. with you. The other two is um, if you don't have the budget for like the full cold plunges or to like rent an ice bar um, or do a happy hour there, they could hold like one of those big spherical ice cubes while making the call. <laughs> Literal cold calls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, funny. salespeople, that I'm torturing you, but I, I do like puns, so not sorry. Could we do that on Zoom? You think? So we can broadcast it. <laughs> Yes, but I would need to be very nitpicky and making sure no one's cheating with with types of ice or <laughs> or stuff like that. How could they cheat on that? You think? Well, you could like I don't know. You could have it like not be ice or make it just look like that. Um, oh, I don't know. No. Everyone will have to sign a contract. I'm just skeptical of people. You better see some water dripping down your arm, or you're out. Exactly. <laughs> that is a good idea. So let's That'd be hear funny. It. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Let's make that happen. Yeah, that'd be great. It's it would be nice to see something different like that. I think people would tune in for it in all in all seriousness. But it would be good. What I've actually been finding though is like so video is number one on pretty much all social platforms except for LinkedIn. I've seen like obviously you know like it feels like every week or so like LinkedIn's algo changes priority. But to me like. These past two weeks, video have been not getting impressions and engagement where like text posts or just image have been getting so much. So that that's what makes me nervous with some of the video ideas. But I think LinkedIn will eventually get there. Yeah, um, it seems like the way to do video is like if you follow Melissa, I, I forgot her last name, Melissa Gaglioni, I think. She does video every single day. It's almost like that's the only way. You have to like be known as like the video person. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. After a day of rejection and sad cold calls, how do you unwind or just escape that that mindset? Yeah, I mean, I think luckily once you get used to it, you kind of get over it. And then you have like the good ones that pan out. Starting from a cold call, you see your deals closing and stuff like that. And you realize that all the positives to it kind of outweigh the negatives. But for the most part, me personally, video games and beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, What are you playing lately? I play Valorant quite a bit. I thought you were going to say Baldur for Baldur's Gates, whatever that, that thing was. <laughs> no, I really only play Valorant. So if any, if there's any Valorant players listening, let me know. Let's play. Do um, you play? So I want... No, I'm not. So I, I'm not a big gamer. Like, so my big thing is too many games now just feel like, or just games in general, it feels like work to me because I have to learn all these different, maybe I'm just lazy, but like it, it, you have to learn all this different stuff and commit to this and blah, 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 and all these controls and world and building items. And um, I, I still play Super Smash Bros for, for GameCube. Um, like that's, that's more of my style. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't commit to these video games. No, I'm with you. That's why, like, if Valorant ever gets not fun or, like, it gets old, I'm probably not going to play anymore. Just, I don't have the time to, like, I know how to play Valorant. I'm not going to learn anything else. So I totally get it. I want your, I want the T, your full unfiltered opinion. Too many people say cold calling is, is dead. 
talk about that myth. What's your what's your honest opinion on that? I'm gonna say something controversial here on Lee to B. Cold calling is dead. Wow. The way people have been doing it and the way I was taught to do it five, six years ago is dead. If you're gonna just import a list off Zoom Info or Apollo and just make a list and just call people and hope to get someone to book a meeting with you that way. It's not going to work. And that meeting, the one person who's nice enough to take a meeting with you is not going to convert into the second meeting. Um, the future of cold calling is warm lists for marketing and then putting them in your parallel dialer, um, building your personal brand. If you work at an early stage startup or um, just warming up leads yourself by reaching out to them via email and then calling with intention. That's where we're at today. Um, and mass cold calling cold, cold list gone same with email marketing i mean not really too so many people are still doing this they're like the spray and, and pray that's dead the right spray and pray approach of cold calling and email marketing is, is that's dead yeah i was trying to be juicy with my hot take but yeah that's, oh i like that's... that <laughs> that was perfect that's gonna be a clip here everybody <laughs> but yeah you said it best it's just um Spray and pray is dead. And I think that's what most people resort to because it's easier and it tastes like less prep. And then when they don't get the results, they complain about it. And that's where you see those posts about how cold calling is dead. And it gives it gives all these other mediums a bad name. Like, so now marketing has to argue about, no, we have to do email marketing. You were just doing it to everybody who ever existed in this industry. Um, or yeah, cold calling still works. This is just a random assortment of people who are kind of in our ICP, um, or it's just accounts our salespeople picked because they they wanted to. It's not a targeted tiered account. Even better if it's based with intent data. Um, that that's where you go for 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 that stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tools like Sixth Sense. Um... You know, every email sequencing tool that everyone already knows about, there's a lot of tools for this because this is something that we need to do. And my friends who work at Salesforce and Ring Central and the big major companies, they are not just cold outbounding people. They're all have some form of intent where they, whether they went to the website or they filled out a form or whatever. Um, so you're calling people who know your product. And that's, I think we're going to see a change to people investing in marketing earlier instead of sales development first that's i think maybe the change that's coming over the next few years i hope so but a lot of times it does become backwards so like hey we can't do marketing because it's not bringing in meetings but then we have 20 sdrs or however many sdrs sending cold outreach to people who have never heard of your company before so that that's what happens many too many times. Yeah, look, there's value in both. Obviously, like I said, I'm an SDR advocate. I was an SDR for a long time, and we sell a product for SDR teams. I just think you need to have a good balance of having a good amount of a strong SDR force and then really good content for marketing um, to help those convert when the SDR does reach out. So it's just a balance for sure. Even the best SDRs can't close a shit lead so right exactly so future of cold calling um i i already don't answer the phone if i don't know the number so many people don't gen z definitely doesn't answer the phone so younger millennials and then gen z eventually they're going to become the decision makers 
uh, right now, for the most part, I mean, it is getting more diverse, but for the most part, uh, you're calling salespeople, that's usually like old white guys, um, or it's people who are um, in those positions who have always been on the phone. How do you see it changing when we have the younger millennials and then maybe Gen Z and beyond who aren't as phone people? Well, I think what it's going to be is sending them good content is going to be first, which is going to come from marketing. And then what it's going to be after that on the phone is leaving good voicemails. Um, and then when you call them three hours later, they pick up because they're like, this is the guy I filled out that form and he's calling and they'll at least say, Hey, I'm not interested. Don't talk to me. Or they'll be like, Hey, thanks for calling. Like I've been procrastinating this. I've been busy. Let's, let's go ahead and book the meeting. So that's, I think that's where the future is going to be super intentional. Yeah. Like voice notes too, maybe uh-huh. um, stuff like that. I think that the transition we're going to see is it's going to be less about volume and more about talk time. Like when I first started, it was like 100 calls a day, 150 calls a day. It was never enough. Now I think it's going to be like get people on the phone, talk, hit a certain amount of talk time, or just focus solely on meeting metrics, whatever it is. I don't think it's going to be about super high volume anymore. Yeah. I mean, it. I mean, it's already starting to shift that it's less quantity. Um, and then, you know, the number of calls is not a great metric. It right. should be number of calls to ICP decision maker or number of calls that contain the term contract. And, and I'm just making this up. But, like, that's what the, the metric should be. A lot of AI tools are going to help with that, right? Like, you can use Nooks to parallel dial and then get your list done really fast. And then there are tools, Nooks has these tools but also there's some super developed like gong that will report back the conversations and what's really happening on the phone and then just slamming the phone all day just really isn't going to make sense at some point you said slamming the phone i saw the other day that younger generations like real young kids don't necessarily understand what that means because like we don't slam phones we all just have an open we're not we just have a cell phone like a, a smartphone they're screens yeah you know what's funny this is how fast covid changed the world is my first sales job, which was in 2018, was with a landline. That wasn't even that long ago, four what? or five years ago. And we dialed on a landline. Um, yeah, so that existed, but I don't think that will exist anymore after COVID. No way. I personally got triggered when I hear the the Ring Central die, like noise just from being... It, it makes me think of like that period of time and being in an office of <laughs> you know that ring central noise Ugh. yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. need to hate on them it just it, it triggers me when i hear that that old dialing noise yeah but that's interesting because i you know we really did slam the phones we'd ring a gong and pick it up so i think we should bring that back because you can't be dramatic anymore you can't be like i said good day and then slam the phone like you just have to i said good day and then just like boop on the button yeah what's a good way to recreate that maybe that should be a product someone should develop like a slam pad yeah they are starting to make like the folding phones um which are stupid to me <laughs> um because they look they look like little kid phones or like little like makeup kits um but yeah we got to slam phones again you know i don't want to use a folding phone for my day-to-day -day. i love my iphone but maybe it'd be a smart tactic to send those to SDRs for engagement to your staff mm. so they feel like they can really get engaged and get going and they're not just sitting there 
It might be a hack. Oh, yeah, this is an this is another thing we can add to cold calling. It's like, but they have to do it from a rotary phone. <laughs> a rotary we can add phone. that. Yeah, the cold calling <laughs> tournament. Uh-huh. That would be. Man, I don't know how to source a bunch of rotary phones, but that would be legendary. I know a guy. <laughs> you got a rotary phone. He guy. only he only does rotary phones. <laughs> yeah. So on the subject of cold calling, I thought maybe we would try some little little role play maybe where cause, all right, I saw a post where you said Austin is your favorite city by far. I've never been there. Um I want you to, you're selling going to Austin. Um, I, I can go to any state. You need to sell to me that you're, you're going out. I should go to Austin. Are you ready for it? Yep, let's do I'll it. I'll give you a moment too. Hello? Well, this is Lee. Hey, Lee, this is Gianno calling from visitaustintoday.com. How are you doing? Call from where? Visit austintoday.com. Oh, I- I've never been to Austin. I think you have the wrong number. Oh, no, no worries. I was actually calling to just pick your brain about Austin for just a second. Do you have any um trips planned this summer by any chance? I don't. I was I was trying to figure out where to go, though. Okay, what were you thinking? Not Austin. You just Are you ruling out Austin instantly, or do you have some places you really want to uh- see? I haven't ruled it out instantly, but it's it's not been on my mind. Oh, okay. Have you heard any good things about Austin? Is there Actually, let me ask you this. What is on your mind? Where are you planning? Um, I want somewhere where there's food, good atmosphere, um limited hate crimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> limited hate <laughs> crimes. Well, let me tell you something about Austin. They have such great barbecue everywhere you go. Um, Ooh, local I'm a vegetarian. Food- I'm a vegetarian. Maybe it's not for me. Okay. Well, hey, let me ask you this. Tell me what you are into. Like, what are you hoping to get out of your next visit? Vegetarian's good. Oh. I got that. I don't know. What should I expect? Well, just tell me a little bit about yourself. I want to see if maybe I can help you plan the best trip of the summer. I love going to bars. Um, I like unique things to to do. I just don't. I just don't do barbecue. Okay. Fair enough. Not barbecue's not for everyone. Um, for bars, what kind of bars are you into? What's a perfect night out look like for you? I like either dive bars or those bars in movies where it looks like the mafia works there. Wow. Let me tell you something. Have you ever heard of 6th Street? I haven't. Okay. You got to look up 6th Street in Austin. It's exactly what you just mentioned. Amazing bars, amazing nightlife but not too clubby, not too crazy. Um, there's speakeasies, a lot of mafia-type vibes, um, and a lot of dive bars because it's got that kind of like southern flair. Is that something you'd be into? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Great. Well, let me book some time with you, show you a quick demo of Austin, and if it looks like a place that'd be great for your next vacation, let's talk about what it would look like booking through us. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that that sounds awesome. Just so you know, I am looking at a few other states, um, trying to make a decision in in two to three other weeks, um, maybe six to eight weeks. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but yeah, let's do it. Six to eight weeks. Cool. Yeah, let's get you informed. Um, and if Austin's a spot, great. Cool.
Let's pretend we set up time and we're gonna we're gonna meet. <laughs> yeah. <We're... laughs> All right, we did it. We're so on Austin, everybody. I would eat it the objection handling. Like I legit am a vegetarian, but like I kind of knew you were gonna say barbecue, so I had that ready to see how you'd handle that objection. And that was perfect. Uh, you weren't like, well, what do you mean you're vegetarian? Or or shit. You're like, well, there's other stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I was then like, you tell also... me about you then. Right. I was being the difficult guy. Like you called me. Um, but then you forced me to answer what I wanted. So then you got that value props. Take take a look here. Take take just take a note from the book here. Yeah, one thing I will say that I messed up on is the intro. I really should ex- explain. This is something I preach all the time, and I didn't do it. Um, I should have really explained why I was calling and what my objective is of the call instead of just like, "Hey, my name's Gianno from here." Um, so I definitely flubbed on that part. But I threw you for a curve, though. But yeah, like in setting your intention from the beginning is just like, don't be don't beat around the bush. Be like, hey, like I'm calling about this. Do you have a few minutes? To... And then I'm like, OK, you tell me like, yeah, let's talk. Right. Totally. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge that in case anyone's taking notes. But yeah, besides that, I, I got you. Just kidding. <laughs> you did. We got a book. We got a book. It's going to the AE now. Yeah, this was such a fun conversation about cold calling, sales to marketing. I'd like to end with a, a fun question of if you had to make a, a cold calling survival kit, what would you include in there? I would include Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt, the book, or maybe the audiobook. Depends on where you're trying to survive at. And how dangerous the the terrain is. <laughs> Maybe audiobooks better. <laughs> we'll get wet. Um, AirPods, iPhone, and a MacBook Air. I really think that's nice. the beauty of cold calling. Is that's all you need. That's that's some fancy survival kit. <laughs> all that Mac and Apple product. And then you know the great thing about including Apple products, we can just make a survival kit seven, eight, nine. Um, and just re-release the same things, but act like it's new. It's true. You just do some fancy <laughs> marketing around it. And But here's what I was thinking. I don't know what your scenario was, but I was picturing like someone cold calling in the woods. And Apple products are pretty oh, waterproof. So. That, you took a very literal. <laughs> I, I didn't think like, hey, like I need to survive. I wasn't meant like saw for cold <laughs> calling. Again, another idea. We can we can just go full on saw, um, cold calling. Like Hunger Games. Uh, no, like I'm you're on more... an island and you have to set 10 meetings to, <laughs> to get off. Yes, yes. <laughs> Otherwise, your little sister gets killed. Um, <laughs> I meant more like, all right, you're a cold caller. What, what would be something you'd give them to survive their job as a cold caller, maybe? The book was a good one. The book was a good one. Yeah, um... <laughs> actually i liked your answer caffeine monster energy or red mm-hmm. bull monster energy and red bull is definitely mm-hmm. so um fanatical people prospecting, love their caffeine it's it's very important fanatical prospecting with jet blunt and a can of red bull final mm-hmm. answer and all of, all of the mac products yeah all the mac products and there's a few other things that i can say off air i would call on the um the, the apple ear pods I'd rather somebody have, I mean, I'm using like, not Apple, but they're essentially earpods. I would rather have them have a great mic than uh, than the earpods. It's a good point. I don't even call on your earpods myself. I don't even know why I said that. Just popped into my head as like a stereotype, I guess, of tech yeah. salespeople. <laughs> but I don't even use them. I use this. I cold call with this and this. So a good call out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, so we mentioned that the the tournament's coming up. When is that again? Where can people keep up with that? Events.nooks.ai slash cold dash calling dash masters. It's going to be October 18th for one hour. The first round, second round's October 25th for an hour. And then the final, those two winners go head to head November 1st. So come hang out, sign up if you want to compete. Um, if not, come watch and join the chat and hype them up. Well, thank you so much, Jono. Definitely follow Jono for everything cold calling tips related. He also posts great things about going from SDR to AE, as well as how marketing and sales can get along and just some general content. So definitely hit that follow button. Cool. Final word I want to say, you're like the Sean Evans of B2B. You're very good at this. Very good interviewer. Who's Sean Evans? He's the one who does the hot ones. Oh, okay. So I know him as the guy who does the hot ones. Yeah, yeah. he's a really yeah. good interviewer. and um, You're a really good interviewer. He is. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, that is... This is my first go at it, too. I'm literally like, hey, like I have nothing to do while I'm unpl- unemployed. I always wanted to do a podcast. Um, and here I am, yeah. I've listened to a lot of B2B podcasts, and I stop because they're so boring. But and they're always mm-hmm. just like, what's the secret to hitting quota? What makes you different? But you ask really, really good questions, really creative. Well, because this is Lee to B. It's the sassiest podcast for B2B. I'm bullish on Lee to B. <laughs> Love it. And with that, I think we are going to end it. Thank you so much, everybody. And tune in for another episode of Lee to B next time. <laughs>